Every empire needs a leader to encourage, energize, and elevate them. We are Eskimos Empire, and this is the Eskimos Coaches Show with our leader, Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Here's Morley Scott with Jason Moss on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Uh, good evening again, everybody. 735 on 630 Chad. The start was good. The final result was not. After billing a 2010 halftime lead, the Eskimos lost in Vancouver last Thursday. Final score, 31-23. The win streak is over. Eskimos now 5-3, tied with Winnipeg for second place in the West and the overall standings. Next up, the Alouettes on Saturday night, 7 o'clock here on the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium, 5.30 for the pregame show on 6.30. Chid, and uh, we say uh, good evening to the coach. Hey, Jason. Hey. Uh, well, uh we talked about a post game about what happened in the second half. You've, I'm sure, watched it many times since then. Have you got any more answers to to what got away from you in the second half in Vancouver? We didn't play very well in the third quarter. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we had two possessions on offense. We went o and or o for in both of them. Didn't get a first down, and our defense was on the field too long. I mean, and then you know coming out our. You know, we just didn't play play well. All three phases didn't play up to our ability. Three of the four quarters we did. I thought we played really good football, and that's what's discouraging and upsetting is that you can play pretty good football for three or four quarters when one quarter you don't play well at all and you feel like you let one get away. So at the end of the day, um, you know, we watch it, we get better uh, and move on. I don't want our guys to dwell on it. I mean, like I said, it's not not that we played horrible football that night. We just chose to all all phases play not great in the third quarter night, and not that we played ba- terribly bad in the third quarter. We just got outplayed, and uh, you know they made the most of their opportunities in that quarter and uh, got the lead back or got tied or whatever it was, and then took it over from there. And we didn't have answers. You say you don't want the guys to dwell on it, which is obviously the right way to go. Tell me about your attitude as a, as a coach, maybe compared to a player after a loss. How different do losses go on a coach than they go on a player? Well, first and foremost, you know, as a as a coach, you look at you know the things that you're responsible for. Every coach is responsible for an area, and and I'm no different. I'm responsible for the whole thing. So, you know, I look at every every facet, every facet of the game. Right now, you know, after that game, I wasn't very particularly happy with the way I handled the the last drive and and so I looked at that a lot and looked at how some of the plays I called during the game and you know felt that I could have been better and could have helped our guys more and I didn't and so that's the first thing you look at and the next thing you look at every everything you look at every play that was ran in that game offense defense special teams talk to the coaches um, analyze it figure out what we did well what we didn't do well but at the end of the day I'm a positive thinker I, mm-hmm. I don't like to think about about negative things, I like to understand what happened and what, what it wasn't, what we didn't do well, um, you know. So I don't want to be too discouraged, and I I watch it, and it takes you. A, I'm glad we had the extra couple of days because the first taste of watching it isn't doesn't make you feel all that well. But then you watch it, and you watch it a little bit more, and it gives you more hope that you know we are very close to being as good as I think we can be. Uh, we just weren't there, and and like I said, in one phase of the game or one quarter of the game. Take us uh, behind the curtain a little bit since Thursday night. You get on a plane after the game to come home. Do you start watching the film right away on the plane, or do you try and let it kind of flush a little? No, bit? I mean we get the iPads on the plane, and we we're able. To, I was able to watch pretty much all the offense. I think most of the defense and special teams actually on on, on our way home. Um, get up early the next day and was able to watch it all again. 
and then you know like I said then you start talking to the other coaches and players that come in we I watch it with Mike every day and Mike Riley every time he comes in no matter if he's watched it or not we always watch it together with with Jordan Maximic my quarterback's coach and uh, we analyze it again so by that time I've watched it two or three times and then we watch it again with our offense so every coach does that with their players and and generally does it as a coordinator with the defense or the special teams so we've analyzed it to the nth degree and graded it um, you know that's a big part of it too is figuring out how the guys graded out and you know what they did right and wrong and you always want to correct the wrong and give them praise for the good things they did so um, and understand that you know football is one of those sports that takes 12 people to do their jobs on every single play and it can have one guy can mess it up and a play doesn't work and it's not that he messes it up every time it just you know that particular play did and when football comes down to five or six plays in a, in a, in a game you know everyone can take their turns and it doesn't turn out right for you watching the film is the phrase football players and coaches use a lot it's not film anymore obviously but uh, it's such a big part of your game when do you flip the switch from from watching Thursday night's game with the Lions to watching more of of the Alouettes and, and getting ready for them when when does that change right away I mean the next day <laughs> Friday morning I watched as long as I could watch those three phases of our game offense defense special teams uh pretty much after we put it to bed with the players i've moved on i'm ready to go and, and work on montreal and you know we had a short week for the following week for hamilton so we had to spend a, a half a day doing that you know just to look ahead because we don't have any time the next week so you know but most of my day friday was spent on montreal all day saturday all day sunday and all day today mm-hmm. so you know that's that's what you your life as a coach is spent watching and analyzing film discussing tech uh schematics with your coaches figuring out game plans and wanting to give your guys the best opportunity to win a game best opportunity to play well in a game uh from the yellowettes perspective watching their film uh do i guess from a defensive side you can only really watch the last couple of games right because they've made so many changes offensively uh have they made many changes on defense from when you played them a month ago no not really i mean stubler stubler so he plays his defense the way he plays it um they have good players i know last game they had you know tommy campbell sat out so they had to change some people and played man short and all those things so there was different personnel groupings people in there and from the last time we played on mitchell white's out so you know there's some different guys in the mix in their secondary you know obviously right before we uh, played them a couple other players weren't playing so you know the scheme's a scheme it's just we're going to face different players here and there so obviously the technique they use is taught one way but every player has his own uh, feel for the game and and all, all own weaknesses or strengths and so you look at that more than you look at anything uh going back to thursday penalties um I, I, you're probably tired of talking about it uh, i'll say this what? about penalties and i'll say this about discipline i haven't done a good enough job since i've been here and that's very evident because we have been one of the worst teams in the league at penalties since i've been here we've gotten better in stretches of the season but not quite good enough so it's my fault and I'm going to take the blame. And I can tell you from this day forward, things are changing in our in our in our organization. So, you know, it starts with me. The way I approach the game, the way I am, is going to change. And I'm going to make sure that I change so that when I look at players and I talk about discipline, they understand that's everybody. And it starts with me as the head coach. So it's not on my players. It's on me. I need to be better, and I will. I have belief that we will get better because of the changes we're going to implement. So we're going to start practicing a little bit more. We're going to uh, start kicking guys out of practice for messing up. We're going to start taking game time away from guys that continue to make penalties. And they understand it. They know it. Um, It's about holding ourselves accountable, and it's gotten to the point where we can't tolerate it anymore. So it will stop. 
And, uh, and if not, we'll find other people that can do it. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that may sound harsh, but when you look at football and you look at discipline, and you look at different things, we're a good football team. We can overcome a lot of things. We've overcome a turnover deficiency in a game and won a game. We've overcome deficits in games and won. We've overcome having 17 penalties when the other team had eight and won a game. But when you play football, you just make it a whole lot harder to win when you continue to be undisciplined. And I mean, out of the 14 penalties, there's seven undisciplined penalties. There's seven penalties that are judgmental by the referees. We need to use better technique and we need to you know, get better at those things. The seven that are disciplined, the offsides, the procedure, all those things have to stop because that's half of our penalties right now. We have 35 plays on 35 penalties on offense and there's a quite a few of those that are procedure penalties. So it has to stop on, on defense, you know, we, we jump off sides. That's been our Achilles heel since I've been here and we need to be better at it. So if we can do that and stop hurting ourselves and we'll give ourselves a better opportunity to win every game that we play, not not just make it harder on ourselves. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You're you're winning sometimes in spite of taking We've won a penalties. lot of games since I've been yeah. here and I haven't again, I haven't done a good enough job. Despite all of it, we've won a lot of games here. But I know this, if I we want to win a championship here, this has to stop. We have to get better. And again, it starts with me. I put my foot down. I've, I've looked myself in the mirror and said, I'm not, I haven't been good enough. I haven't been good enough on the field with it. I haven't been good enough with my attitude at times. There's things that I need to change, and I'm going to. And it's going to reflect more on our team. And I've realized it. And, and it's one of those things that, you know, when you win games, not that they get swept under the rug. It's just, hey, this is our way of doing it. This is the way we do things around here. But when you have to absolutely look at everything and it just isn't getting any better, this is the final straw. And so, you know, we're going to change and we're going to get better. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I think our hearts are in the right place. Our minds in the right place. We work extremely hard every single day on it. And we're just going to amp it up a little bit and, and get better. Uh, your, your record's five and three. Would it be better if you're a better penalty team, do you think? Or can you can you forensically examine games I mean, and say penalties cost us? You would assume so. I mean, I can tell you this much. In the third quarter of this last game, when I talk about us not being disciplined, we, on offense, our first series, we're second and five, and we have an offsides that puts us back to second and ten, and we're inches away from hitting a big ball. But we were not probably having to throw that ball if it's second and five. It's second and ten. We're having to push the ball downfield a little bit more, so that happens. On defense, I know for a fact on one of the series, we were had them at second and ten out of field goal range. We take an offsides. They get to second and five. They kick a 53-yard field goal and tie it up 20 to 20. So if they stay there and that one play we were offsides, it didn't. It wasn't that we were offsides and we affected the play. In fact, it hurt us. It hurt our pass rush because we stopped playing, and they threw a ball incomplete. Second and third and ten, you're off the field. They're punting the ball. And it's a 2017 game. And when you're talking about close games at the end of the season or end of games, and it's a instead of being an eight-point game, it's a five-point game, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that those if I just said those two plays, you don't know what our drive would have been if it's second and five would convert. We would have held the ball longer. Maybe we score on that drive. And I sure as hell know that we would they would have been off the field on the other one. So when you look at it, say, yeah. We probably have lost games since I've been here. And I know for a fact in previous years we've done similar things at the end of games where a ball is incomplete on a two-point conversion and we jumped off sides. It was incomplete, didn't affect the play at all. We were off sides. They got the ball back, converted the the two-point conversion, beat us in overtime. 
There's games like that. So, again, it's not from a lack of trying or lack of trying different things or lack of looking at yourself. It's saying, what haven't we done yet? And we're getting there. So, you know, I like to think that we figure it out. We're going to be a whole hell of a lot better and win the games that we should. All right. Uh, he's Jason Moss. I'm Morley Scott. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show for Mitchner Allen Auctioneering on 630 Chit. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Moss and Morley. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. Uh, we're back on the Eskimos Coaches Show with uh, head coach uh, Jason Moss. Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes uh, coming up on Saturday night, uh, 5.30 for the pregame show, six o'clock, uh, 7 o'clock for the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, coach, I want to talk about some, some good things uh, from the football game on Thursday night, and there were a lot of them, as you, as you mentioned before the break. Uh, first off, uh, the, the fake field goal. Uh, are you guys, That's the second time you've done something like that this year. Are you, did, are you coaching more aggressively in that kind of situation? Well, I think we work on it a lot. We work on different things every week um you know and we haven't used as many as as we've practiced i can assure you that much but at the end of the day when it's the right situation and and we feel that there's things there that can help us we're always going to look to it and i've i know it how it affects our football team our special teams guys work extremely hard the coaches the players they love that kind of stuff so you know whether we do it more or we have done it more this year or not it's definitely a concerted effort to to analyze and to think about you know what what times are best to do it um and I feel like we've we've been successful because we've been trying them more that's kind of the fine line right you got to decide is now the time uh, because you don't know if you're going to get another chance. You don't know, you know, it's in your bag of tricks. And when, when you pull it out, it's got to be the tough decision. Yeah, I've always, you know, I, I grew up and kind of grew in, up in this game under Scott Milanovic's tutelage. And, you know, I can always, it reverberates back in my mind all the time when he says, when you have a quarterback like Ricky Ray, you don't try, you just want to get the ball back to your offense. You don't want to try to do too many things crazy. And, you know, I feel the same with the mic. But at the end of the day, I also know I've watched other teams in this league um, that do do those things and do it well. And I watch our practices, and I, I know when we prepare for something why it's being prepared for and that there is an opportunity. But you're right. I mean, it takes the right opportunity and the right yeah. time to make it happen because it can go the other way as well. And, you know, I think that's always in the back of your mind as a head coach. But you you got to feel confident when you call it and then live with the consequence of it, whether it's good or bad. A, a goal mouth stand like you had a couple of weeks ago, a trick play on a field goal, uh, a short kick, whatever it is, when you surprise people in Mexico, there doesn't seem to be much more in the game that really energizes everybody, whether that's your side of the ball or not. It just seems to energize everybody, whether it's the you know the fans, whatever. It's just a, just a great hit for the football game. No, it was great. I mean, like I said, in that, that play, um, Danny threw a great ball, Mondo caught it, and you know, anytime you know, your backup quarterbacks throw balls people get excited you're you're one of your defensive stalwarts <laughs> catch a ball everyone gets excited and then obviously it takes 12 people to execute that and coaches to execute it they know how much time and effort went into planning for that and to see it work like it's coached to be worked um it definitely makes it exciting and obviously when you get another extra possession and those kinds of things work absolutely it gives you a lift and uh it was definitely uh, a great play in the game and if it doesn't work it's kind of deflating and you never if you don't execute it you know you probably don't get to try it again right well yeah and that's exactly right and you know we like to think that our team is built on character and built on um adverse dealing with adversity well so it's not an excuse hey that didn't work and now okay we just give up and let 
them score, usually that also turns up your defense too. And our defense is playing extremely well. So when your defense is playing as well as our defense is playing, it's you're able to take chances uh, in in that respect more because you don't feel like the other team's going to go down and score on you anyway. So you know that that lends yourself to being able to be more aggressive on special teams. As you, had, well. you added some healthy players to the lineup last week, and I know we talked. I think we talked last week, and we talked to some guys during the week about how tough it is to 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 add new players to a team that's winning and playing well, but uh, Mike Moore comes in and, and gets a sack. Jamil Smith was, was pretty effective, especially on kickoff returns, so it's nice to, to add those guys and they make you better. No question, and I mean they are both they were both starters for us. They're both the guys that we envisioned coming out of training camp playing with and playing a lot of football with and winning a lot of games with, so anytime you get players like that back, it's, it's never hard to go back to those guys. Uh, it's disappointing for the other players that are left off the roster because of those guys, but at the same breath, it's great because they've gotten the experience. They understand that these guys are high-caliber players that are replaced, being replaced by, um, and they were starters. And, and the way our philosophy works on our team is you don't lose your job to injury. So at some point, you're going to get that job back. But you have to be 100%, and you got to be willing to be or able to be relied upon. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, it's a great thing to get guys like that back. And, again, it strengthens your whole football team when other guys have to step in and play for them. Nate Bahar got his first touchdown uh, pass. Um, he just seems to be a guy who's becoming just more more into the offense and more dependable week after week. Yeah, he's been great. Like I said, we always, um, you know, we feature him a little bit more week, week, week in and week out now, giving him a little bit more responsibility. He's done extremely well with it. Um, again, he's one of those guys that just knows our offense. He, we can put, put him and plug him in at just about every position. So he's done, done his job. He's done a lot of hard work in the offseason during training camp, during um, this season still with, you know, our quarterbacks. He's always working with them after practice with Zach and catching balls, and he's he's a, he's a true pro. And like I said, we've been very excited about his progress so far. Is it important for you as a coach to to reward those guys and, and to give them that opportunity? Because everybody notices that, right? He knows how hard he's been working, and, and the coach gave him a chance. Well, I can tell you this much. The, my philosophy, and I think our philosophy as an organization, is if you're on our roster – And I say it at the beginning of the year, it's going to take everybody in our locker room to win a Grey Cup or win games. So if you're here, there's a good chance you're going to be relied upon to win games. And these are the guys we're going with. When we call people back, it's for a reason. It's, we didn't want to let you go. It's just numbers. But we we believe in people that have worked for us or played for us. Um, and then I think getting people involved offensively for myself, just you know, as a scheme person and a guy that's a coordinator I like to get everyone involved I mean I don't get everyone involved the same but I try to get everyone a package or get everyone involved somehow some way in the game so they feel a part of it because it's there's nothing worse than sitting on it there's a couple guys that do sit on the sidelines every single game it's a backup quarterback and a third string quarterback and they're one play away from having to play and they understand their role but everybody else I would love to get everybody else in and play a little bit because you feel a part of it you've worked hard all week and we can play and win with those guys do you believe in what they call trap games? No, I. I mean, I think I. Do, I don't necessarily. I understand that you know when a team doesn't have a good record, they're not playing well. There's a t- tendency to overlook people, but I just feel like if you're if you're a pro and and you're consistent with how you go about your workday, you don't have time for that. And be, if you lose to a team that's maybe you shouldn't lose to, prognosticators don't believe you shouldn't lose to them, it's generally for reasons. There's, there's reasons throughout the course of a game. And I always say, we, we coach against professional coaches, coach against professional players, go up against them. 
there's no easy wins in this league. I can assure you. Watching how we have to prepare, watching how our players have to work, and what we do on the football field is tough and difficult. It's not an easy task no matter who you're playing. I think all of us understand that. So, you know, it's it's a great reward when you win a football game. And, you know, we will never take anybody lightly as long as I'm here. And we will always work and work on our stuff daily and believe in what we do and believe that it works. And what works well for us is playing together, working hard, playing fast and physical. That's what our motto is. That's what we try to strive for. And every day we bring it, whether it's in a meeting or a practice. Will we get beat? Occasionally. But it's not from a lack of effort, I can assure you, or a lack of dedication. That will never be challenged in this locker room or on this in this organization as long as I'm here. Great stuff. Jason, as always, thanks for your time tonight. I appreciate it. It's good stuff. No problem. That is uh, Eskimos head coach uh, Jason Moss on the coach's show for Mention Around on Auctioneering. Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes uh, Saturday on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. It's a 5.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock for the kickoff. My name is Morley Scott. Thanks for spending the evening with me. We'll talk to you later.